episode is brought to you by Brown Sugar Coffee Roastery. Hi, this is Amanda, owner and roaster of Brown Sugar Coffee Roastery. I'm happy to offer any listeners half off their first order. Visit brownsugar.coffee. Coffee Boss is sponsored by the Money Wisdom Coach. Want to learn more about your relationship with money? Visit moneywisdomcoach.com now to learn more. Welcome to Coffee Boss with Noah Schloss. I'm your host, a 22-year-old barista from sunny Orange County, California. I road tripped around America for three months in my car, visiting over 100 coffee shops in 30 different states. I interviewed coffee professionals all over the country while evaluating the coffee and culture of coffee shops. Upon my return, I started Coffee Boss to help others who want to learn more about what it takes to break into the coffee industry, the second biggest commodity in the world. Many baristas have a dream of starting their own shops, and I do too. Coffee Boss is a resource to help all of us achieve our coffee goals together and learn what we need to do to become coffee bosses. What are some of the craziest things about Wyoming? (laughs) Wyoming's a state. I mean, there's so many people that don't realize that, so... And then the other, I said, crazy thing is Wyoming is the least populated state in the entire country. A lot of people don't know that. We do have some crazy winters sometimes. This last winter was one of the worst winters since 1903. I love Wyoming. Yeah, the Wild wild West. West. Mm -hmm. Um, Wyoming's very business friendly, (laughs) very focused on economic development. Um, because there's not very many people, right? You have like a hometown feel wherever you go. I was born and raised in Wyoming. I did leave, um, to go to college. Oh, okay. (laughs) That makes sense. I did go to college out of state. Um, and I'm sure a lot of young people can say the same thing. Like they're just so happy to get out and about, but I chose to move back to Wyoming, um, and very happily. So, so my choice is to be here. You know, my family's here. A lot of my family's here. Um, I wanted to have a smaller community. I, I think you were in Southern California. That's where I was too. So, and I, and I love it and we visit a lot back there, but, um, it's just nice to be around people that, you know, and you know who everybody is in your community and you know, your neighbors. And I like that. And I met Amanda, um, when I was in Wyoming, I was driving with my dad from Yellowstone to Denver, Colorado, and then we drove 11 hours in one day. It was insane. And we stumbled across Amanda because my dad had to take a work call. He had this really important thing he needed to take care of. And so we stopped at this coffee shop because I was like, well, we're stopping at a coffee shop um, in Wyoming. But there was nothing like for the whole drive, we really didn't see much. But there was this town coming up in like a hundred miles. So I was like, if we're going to stop, it's going to be a coffee shop. And this is like the only coffee shop coming up. And so we ended up going to Amanda's coffee shop. And I was so surprised at how cool it was because it's huge. So, and I met Amanda and she's awesome. My coffee passion started um, after one of my multiple trips to Costa Rica. And I had worked in the coffee industry in terms of being on the marketing side of things. So I knew a lot about coffee um, and I knew like how it was produced and I knew, you know, the roasting side of things, but not 
up close and personal. So I had a trip once when I was in Costa Rica and I had some time and there was a coffee plantation. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go tour that coffee plantation. Like I've read about it and, you know, I know about it. I own a small farm down there that was actually funny enough planted in coffee and I ripped all the coffee out. (laughs) So I took this coffee plantation tour and it was absolutely amazing because for the first time I could really see like how much labor of love went into growing coffee and producing coffee, right? Before it even gets to the roasting stage. And there's just something so, you know, spiritual and magical about all those plants and being in it and the way that they're doing it. And a lot of the farms are family farmed, right? Or have the local community come in and they all support each other to harvest this coffee. So I was just blown away by the way it was done and the love that goes into it. If anybody ever has the opportunity, go to them and go to as many of them as you can and try to go to more of the micro farms where it's like family owned. It's just, it's spectacular. Yeah. It's now a hobby. So how'd you get that opportunity to Um, go there to go see the farm? I mean, it was kind of almost a fluke. I was waiting. My flight had been delayed by a day. So I was going to have to stay in this area um, and one of my girlfriends was like, oh, they have a coffee plantation. You're in coffee. Like you should go visit it. <laughs> I was like, yes, I should. I think you mentioned you got to travel to more places and saw coffee and a bunch Correct. of other places, Yeah. Right? I, um, during that time in my life, I did a lot of mission work. So I traveled a lot from country to country and just so happened to be in places that grew coffee. And so every time I was in one of those countries, I'm like, oh, I need to go see this coffee <laughs> and that coffee. And so that kind of took me around and that's where I really learned about the different growing techniques and the different types of beans from different areas and how they're grown and harvested. Um, I was doing doing Christian mission work and it was more of an outreach type program where we went and like helped churches build things or help churches set up things, help, you know, build roofs on houses. And I mean, I grew up, um, doing a lot of community service and outreach stuff in our local area here in Wyoming. Um, And then in California, I had some friends that did some mission work that lived in um, Arizona. So they invited me to do some stuff with them. And that's kind of how I met another group who then was going to travel internationally. And so it was such an awesome opportunity when I was young, because what better way to see the world, right? It sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you're just doing what God was kind of calling you to do, like do these mission trips. And do, you know, pursue the things that he was giving you and you did it. But then at the same time, you were looking at these coffee plantations and stuff. And, you know, it kind of brought you to the next season in life. Right. But you didn't know it. You were yeah. Just well, I just God. thought, oh, this is great. And I get to see these things and do these things. And I get to meet the most amazing people and communities and see how the rest of the world lives. Yeah. And I had no idea I was going to be in this position owning a roastery at my age. But, you know, looking back on it, yeah, they were all seeds of growth that I didn't even realize was happening at the time. After the travel, how did you get from traveling and seeing all these coffee plantations and stuff to I'm opening um, a shop? So this was, I mean, I didn't open this shop until 2017. I was 40 years old. So this was almost what 15, 20 years later. Um, I had moved back to Wyoming and I had moved into Riverton. That's the community that I'm in now. And um, I had a friend that I had went to school with that had a coffee roastery. He started a small coffee roastery and they needed to sell it. And so um, they couldn't get it sold and they couldn't get it sold and he was going to shut it down. And 
I had said something to my dad about, oh gosh, they're after me again to purchase this coffee roastery and I just don't have time. And my dad's like, well, who else, who better to have this than you? Like, isn't your passion kind of coffee? And I was like, what? He's like, well, think about it. Like, All you do is talk about coffee and you go and you see coffee plantations and you're visiting coffee shops all the time. And it's always about coffee, 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 coffee. Like maybe you should think about this. And I was like, yeah, wow. I didn't even realize how much I was talking about coffee. So he was kind of my inspiration of, yeah, I think I'm going to do this. So I did. It was crazy. I had no, nothing in my planning. Did I want to do this? Like what was your field before? Like your Marketing. Career? And that's why I know so much about the coffee industry at the time is because I did market for a few different small coffee companies. Um, and then my friends, when I got back from back into Wyoming, the roastery that I own now, I actually, you know, was constantly doing some consultation and stuff with them too. And so I knew pretty intimately about the business already. So it was a kind of a natural fit. That's so cool. That's so cool that you were studying it. It's just so cool to see like how this was not planned, you know, and I feel like so many people want um, like I want to plan out my future. I feel like that's part of why I started this podcast is because I'm like, I need to know like how other owners did it so I can do it too. But like, you can't plan your future like that. I feel like this is totally a story of like just trusting God and doing what he shows you and he'll he'll give you you know what you are going to do yeah, and you're going to Exactly. Love it, right? He knows what's best for you. You don't know what's best for you. And you're talking about how your dad was like really inspirational for you. He's always been somebody that I've always valued his opinion, you know, he's helped me so much with even my other businesses. My dad was a very successful businessman. Um just retired actually last year, but he built um, a company from the ground up. So he was always an inspiration watching him and how he built his company and how he led his teams. And so, you know, when a man that you look up to is questioning you on, maybe you should do this. It, I mean, it didn't even cross my mind of, oh, he's crazy. I was like, wow, he, he must see something that I need to be seeing. It's so different though, like with parents, like, cause my dad's a really, he always is helping me like figure out what I should do. Like he's always supporting me with my ideas and different things that I want like my podcast or I I launched this like t-shirt thing awesome in COVID using one of his old businesses like he's always trying to help me like think outside the box with parents like you just don't think about it you just kind of are used <laughs> to it yeah I do and I yeah I've never taken it for granted I know I'm blessed with awesome parents that are very inspirational for me I wasn't always super grateful. I mean, I'm a lot older now, but when I was younger, you know, it was like that. It was just something given like, yeah, of course I can call my parents and ask them anything, or of course I can ask their advice and they're going to give it to me straight or, and they're going to support me through anything. I, yeah. I took it a little bit for granted too. I mean, I knew it was there and it was different and not everybody had that, but I didn't understand it at the capacity that it was when I was younger. Honestly, from a business standpoint, you always want to look kind of for those businesses that aren't fully developed, right? Or you're going to be paying top dollar. You know, this this roastery had a great it. product, but past that, you know, they weren't well known. They didn't really expand. They didn't have a lot of stuff. So it wasn't too expensive to get into. I want to say 
off the top of my head, I maybe paid like 90000 for this. This is a wow, ballpark, but yeah. I know it was in there somewhere um, to get started. And so, you know, if you're looking for something for an investment sake, yeah, it is Wyoming. Wyoming. There are certain things that like translate cost-wise everywhere and then other places like states-wise it does cost more. Well, true, but too. when you're valuing a business, no matter what state you're in, right, you're paying for the assets of the company, not necessarily the business right. or at least, you know, at the level that I bought at. You know, it wasn't a big brand. You're not paying for a big brand. You're not. Like you weren't just paying for the building. Itself, yeah. And this like was the not, the, it was in a rental bu building at the time. So, you know, I was just basically having to renegotiate a lease agreement and purchase the assets of the company and then put it into my own corporation. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't super crazy expensive, cool. but that is the way you want to do it. You want to go in and you want to get something that has growth potential. You don't want to pay top dollar for something that's already developed or you might as well start. Yeah. Or you You're might as well start it. from the bottom. Well, and another thing that I think a lot of younger people forget, and I completely didn't even think about this when I was younger, you know, when you're in a community and you like a certain kind of business or you're passionate about a certain kind of industry, you don't even necessarily have to go out and create your own. You know, there's a lot of businesses that are already created that they're looking to retire. They're looking for a succession plan, right? So going in and talking to those businesses, like whether it's a bake shop, you know, you want to have a bakery, go talk to a bakery that has older owners and say, hey, I'm really interested in owning a bakery. Like, can I work for you or would you mentor me? Or is there a possibility that I could purchase this from you someday? You know, have those conversations because that's the easiest way to get into something without starting from the ground up. And it was so tiny, right? They just had a small roastery. They didn't have a restaurant. They didn't really sell a lot of stuff to the public. They didn't have a very big retail. Um, they didn't have big sales period. So it was really easy to take a really great product that they did and expand on it. I was doing all the things that I told them to do that they didn't get around to doing. So I already kind of had a marketing plan laid out for them, but then I just made it for myself. But they also have like a restaurant attached, which is so cool. It's like a really big space. They have a restaurant and a coffee shop. And then the back, they like roast all their beans. It's kind of like any coffee shop, someone that wants to open their own shop. Like, I feel like that's kind of <laughs> the best of all worlds scenario like what more <laughs> could you want <laughs> like, so honestly i just purchased and i don't think you and i've talked about this yet i purchased a new building um i did yeah what? i purchased a building to move the roastery the roastery side of my business out from the restaurant because i am making a huge investment oh in some um equipment for being able to package at higher volumes. And I wasn't able to, I didn't have the space there at the place that you visited. So yeah, I finally, I'm at yeah. the growth period in my business where I had to separate the two locations for it for now. Um, I do want to have a tasting room eventually on the roasting side too. So, but I'm, oh that's going to be phase two. Yes. I'll let you know visit. when it's up and running, but the market that I'm going after right now is more business to business. So I'm trying to go into oh, okay. um, lodging and hotels with our K-Cups and I'm trying to go into restaurants and C-stores with whole bean products. So. I was talking to another guy of an episode. His name is Steve uh, Muncie. I just did an episode with him um, and he is local here in Laguna Beach 
he was talking to me on our episode about um, the restaurant. It'd be so cool if, you know, restaurants <laughs> elevated their coffee yes. game, you know, like instead of just serving random coffee, just serving like really good beans, yes. and really good coffee. And right now that's not no. really the case. But he said that's going to be the future. And I was like, I never thought of that. But it sounds like if they're buying stuff from you and stuff. Well, yes, I mean, at a smaller amount. But I do see and I completely agree with him. I do see this trend happening right now where restaurants are finally realizing because I've had this conversation with so many people um, in the past decade where it's like restaurants spend all of this money and time and effort making such beautiful food and then they buy the worst coffee. You know, and I'm like, (laughs) when are they going to elevate their coffee game? And so I just actually came from the National Restaurant Association trade show in Chicago. It's a big restaurant show, right? And um, I had many conversations with a lot of restauranteurs about elevating their coffee. And there was a lot of interest. And I'm excited that that trend is going. They're making the investment into some good coffee um, equipment to brew from whole bean, right? So they're no longer using like the cheap tear packets and they're realizing that they can actually charge more for the cup of coffee and give a customer a great experience. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, that's not, that's such a like non mainstream thing. People need to think about, especially young people like me. It's like, this is not, if you're trying to start like a line of beans or get started, you know, it's the sales. There's so many more, there's so much more opportunity than, yeah. And there's a lot of industries. I mean, you and I talked about how coffee is a billion dollar industry and there's so many avenues and niche markets for coffee. It's just you kind of have to find what your avenue is going to be and go after it. National Restaurant Association trade show. And it was in Chicago um, at the McCormick Convention Center, which was my first time ever being at this show. Um, First time ever exhibiting at a show this large. It's like the size of 10 football fields. It's huge. You know, restaurants, distributors, hotel lodging, you know, some PR companies, probably forgetting a few others, but mostly it's, you know, geared towards the restaurant industry. Knowledge that I gained from that show, just getting to talk to restaurants and hearing like what their problems are and what they're facing and what they're looking for, for coffee and, you know, what some of their struggles are and the one big takeaway from this show was how much tech there was, how much AI is going uh, on, right? So yeah. you have, you know, robot servers, you have robot baristas, <laughs> like there's a lot of tech that's going on because the service industry can't find help. Well, I mean, how cool would it be if a waiter came up right? to the table and did a pour over? Mm-hmm. You know, at like brunch thoughts, or even you know? like some of the really nice restaurants that I've been to, not necessarily in the States, but in other countries, you know, I was pleasantly surprised when they would bring a French press to the table. I'm like, yes, like, why, why can't uh, we do that here? <laughs> so, so, so I actually, well, I mean, I know about the trade show itself because I'm in the restaurant industry too, but um, the state of Wyoming, the agricultural right. department in the state of Wyoming participated in this um, program called the, the Taste of the States. And so what it is, is different states right. um, invite businesses to showcase their products at the at the show. So um, I applied through the state that I wanted to do that. And then they selected me to go. And so I went. I, I didn't think I was quite ready. And I was really nervous okay. about going. But 
I'm so glad I did it. It was, it was good for me. The one thing I feel like a lot of people miss out on, and I, I'm constantly telling young businesses this, go to your state legislatures, use your, you know, your business councils, use your resources, because go to your chamber of commerce. I'm pretty plugged in to my community, and I found out that there is a um, training reimbursement program through the state of Wyoming. I can send myself, I can send my employees and they pay part of the costs and actually most of the costs for the training. But then the trades, like I was saying, like go to your trade resources. So whatever industry you're going after, um, like right now I'm trying to research lodging, um, shows like lodging trade shows where I can get plugged into, um, more hotels and boutique hotels and lodges. If you have connections, you know, in your local area and you know they're going to a trade show, you could even be like, hey, I'll help. And they'll probably be like, I'll pay for you to go. I am a a mom. mom. Yes. Best job ever. (laughs) How do you do this as a mom? Like, Okay, so so I'm just going to be straight up honest. There is no possible way I could do what I do without my family and friends because... Um, you know, being a mom is a full-time job. I have an 11 year old son who is absolutely amazing. Um, but being a mom is hard work and owning a business is hard work. I also have 17 employees that I have, you know, that rely on me. And so they're like my kids too. And they're like my family (laughs) too. And so, you know, I have to be very strategic about where I spend my time and how I spend my time. And my parents and my friends are so awesome about stepping in and, and supporting me. And they're so wonderful to help me with my, my son and my business at anytime I need it. So it takes a tribe. I think it takes a That's tribe so to raise cool. a child and it takes a tribe to run a business. I think time management is so hard, but like, and I don't think the like practice ends ever. Like it's always a juggle and it's always a constant, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Like, like we're recording on a Friday night right now. And I was like, I don't know if I, you know, but like, this is something I prioritize. Like I want this to be, to do this kind of thing. So it's always something every day. It's like a constant everyday thing, right? Well, and plans, I mean, I don't know about your world, but my world, my plans never go as planned. So I have, you know, I have a set schedule of what I'm going to do during the day, but I have to be able to pivot at a moment's notice, right? The one thing I can tell you I do every night um, that helps is I, every night before bed, I always think about, um, two things that I loved about my day and one thing that I could do better about my day. And then I do my affirmations and thank God for the support that I have in my life. What's an example Um, of an affirmation? Like an affirmation could be, um, I show up and give my best to my team every, you know, if I'm going to say, okay, two things that went really well today. Um, I, gained a new customer that came in and loved our coffee and ordered 10 pounds, right? That was a great thing for the day. Um, another oh, yeah. part of the day was I got to send one of my employees to a lunch and learn training and they got a lot of value of it. Like that was such a good thing. Um, something I could have done better for my day to day is I failed a little bit on my time management and I didn't get a couple batches of coffee done I wanted to do. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to get it done tomorrow. And so, you know, maybe my affirmation is um, I lead by example for my team. Yeah, I like to do like write down a couple yes. things I'm thankful for. I do that on my lunch break. I go to um, Bear Coast. It's the coffee shop here that I worked out and I go to. Um, 
but it's hard to do. It gets boring to do the same thing. I don't know. I like to switch it up. So maybe I'll try your <laughs> Please thing, Please do. You're welcome to. <laughs> the one thing that I like about doing practices like that, and I didn't make that up. I learned that from one of my business coaches years ago. Um, but one of the things that I love about it is it keeps you in a positive mindset. Because as a business owner, when you're putting out fires all day and stuff inherently goes wrong, right? You can get into a very negative headspace. And so that just kind of clears the energy for your evening and you get to get good sleep and you get to give yourself some grace and end your day on a on a good note. Is it hard to not take things personally when you're owning, you know, working and running your own business like this and have 17 employees that you almost like are the mom too, you know, when, how do you separate business and personal? So yeah, that's an interesting topic. My dad and I discuss this a lot and we, we differ on this topic. I mean, we don't differ on a lot of topics, but we differ on this topic. And I can tell you, I think it's different for me because I'm a woman. And so everything I do comes from the heart and it's personal, you know, women in business, you know, that really wasn't a big thing really only the last, what, 50 years. (laughs) So it's really hard for me to step back and not take things personal. It's hard for me to separate personal and professional. And I struggled with it for years and I kept beating myself up about it and, oh, I'm getting too emotional or, oh, I'm too emotionally attached or, and you know, I would sit in these entrepreneurial groups where it was a lot of men and they would say the same thing to me. And I would beat myself up saying I need to be more like them. And I got a, a business coach years ago, um, that actually was like, why are you even thinking that way? Of course, your personal business is, you know, combined with your, your professional life and your personal life is combined. You are, you're going to lead your business how you would lead in your personal life. Like, why would you be two, two different people? Like you are who you are. And it really made me take a step back and I'm like, wow, you're right. Like, and I just got really comfortable in my own skin being okay with taking things personal and taking things emotional because of course my business is personal. I pour my heart and my soul and my time and energy into creating this, right? I pour my heart and soul into my employees because I love them like family. And so, yeah, I take things personal and that's okay. I should take things personal. Well, because I work, you know, like I said, property management, I have to collect people's rent and different things like that. And people get mad at me and I can't take it personally. But I think I thought and I th- I still do, but I don't know. I feel like God's preparing me in some way to like have thick skin and whatever. But then I also relate to you because I'm like, well, I love, you know, like I want to create a team that I treat like family and I love and, you know, I want to help them grow and this and that, but I know things are going to happen. Maybe some, I get screwed over or this and that, and I have to be able to go home at the end of the day and, you know, turn work off. And it's different when you work for someone else versus owning your own thing. Cause you have, <laughs> it you know, is different. Yeah. Different. You know, yeah. Building some thick skin. I mean, I, I don't necessarily like that terminology because that terminology has been told to me so many times, but I don't look at it anymore like building the thick skin. Um, I look at it as I need to find strength in having the difficult conversations. So when you have to have a conversation with somebody about collecting their rent, you're doing your job and it's uncomfortable to have to ask them for their money, but they owe you the money. Your job is to collect the money. So you're finding strength in having to have that 
difficult conversation because all through life, no matter how great your team is or how good business is, you're always going to have to have the difficult conversation. But you can come from a place of, you know, compassion and truth, right? You're not robbing these people money. You're simply asking yeah. them to do something that they've committed to doing. So they have they have to honor that agreement too. And so you just hold true to yourself that yes, you have to have this difficult conversation, but you you're doing it right because you need to have the conversation. You're in the right. It's the same thing with an employee or whatever. You know, if someone does something wrong, it's yeah, giving them that the truth. Conversation's always hard. Someone's gotta do it. It never gets easier. I wanted to ask you one other thing, um, because we were talking about your um okay. some of your favorite quotes and stuff. I have I'm a huge of, reader. Um, I'm a advocate for continued learning and okay. there's so many awesome books out there. I'm never gonna get through them and my lifetime I, I buy them and have them sitting around and um I can tell you one of my favorite books um well one of my favorite authors is by Reverend TD Jakes I don't know if you've read any of his stuff but he's so inspirational and um he writes some fantastic books um and they're really kind of about like finding your life calling and your purpose and um and why certain people you know, think a certain way and feel a certain way. And, but the overall like premise, I guess, is to, you know, follow, follow your truth. And so I love his books. Um, I have a wonderful business coach that I've been coaching with for years. Her name is Kelly Roach. She's an entrepreneurial business coach and a, a really great, um, uh, female leader in my world. And so I love any of her stuff. Um, she has a lot of really great books on team building and leading um, by example, and I like that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I like anything, you know, cool. spiritual, I guess. I'm reading a book right now. I'm like, what is this book called? I'm loving it. It's called The Universal Christ by Richard Rohr, and it's fantastic. I don't know if you've read that book, but okay. highly recommend it. So I read either <laughs> late at night before I go to bed, but um, more often than not, I read when I first get up in the morning. Like it's kind of my personal time. The dog's in bed, my kid's in bed, and okay. I make coffee and I read for a bit. But that's uh, what audiobooks yeah. are for because I'm in the car, car all the time. So oh, I know. Like, that's I the best invention ever. Um, I remember when it first came out, like the whole audiobook yeah. thing, and I was traveling a lot on the road for work and I was like this is so awesome uh -huh. so what do you think with um this roastery moving is like what are some things um, excited so I'm really excited that? about the opportunity to branch out of Wyoming for one and like even being at the show and getting mm -hmm. to meet some amazing people that I would love the opportunity to work with um they just have really great energy about them and um you know, not I, I love Wyoming and doing business in Wyoming, but it's very small, you know, because we're not a very big state. And so when I was younger, and you know this because you're in California, I worked in Los Angeles and I worked in Orange County. And, you know, there's just like this business hum going on all the time, right? There's just all this stuff going on in the business world where Wyoming's a little bit slower paced. And so I'm really excited about the opportunity to get kind of back into that hum. Um I'm not going to lie. I'm a little scared about the financial investment in doing it, but you know, everything's a risk. So I'm willing to take it. I feel like it's, it's the right move to make. So I'm just going for it. <laughs> 
Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Coffee Boss with Noah Schloss. I'm so grateful you listened to this episode. Follow us on Instagram at Coffee Boss with Noah Schloss. If you enjoyed this episode, please help me out by leaving a small review. If you have any feedback, ideas, questions, or just want to geek out with coffee with me, please leave a DM or send an email to coffeebossswithnoahschloss at gmail.com. I will try my best to get back to you promptly. And as always, share this episode with a friend or even a staff member, coworker, or your coffee boss. And tune in for the next episode of Coffee Boss. Thank you for listening.